or say, and so I was surprised when he came out on Sunday night with a lot of cards and <laughs> gave them out, had folks in the church write cards, people that were online that watched the service, uh, sent some very <laughs> lovely uh, cards as well as many that were here uh, just spontaneously wrote and others uh, wrote some later and uh, we had those and of course unfortunately uh, from that moment through Palm Sunday and my wife and uh, went down to Nashville and we just it was uh, uh, extremely busy my I read some my wife read some but our family had not been able to sit down and uh, so this week we we did we began to sit and we actually divided the cards. We had my mom and dad and David and Sheena and Caitlin and, and uh, <coughs> my wife and I and even Tegan and Siobhan. They didn't necessarily get to read any, but we were sitting around and we read those cards. We talked, we prayed, and we began to think about the last year, a <coughs> year and a half, uh, that the things that this local body had been through. And I mentioned Wednesday night. I don't know if you heard the sermon Wednesday night, but at the end I was talking about uh, the last one of the last examples I used, although there are numerous other examples in the Bible. But one of the last examples that I used Wednesday was how Joseph of Arimathea, after... Easter, after uh, it happened actually, I guess technically right before Easter, but after the crucifixion, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus uh, came, and these were men of renown. Uh, Nicodemus had gone to Jesus at night and wanted to understand who he was. Was he a prophet? We don't have any uh, record that they had uh, embraced Jesus as the Christ or the Messiah, but they had um, simply they saw the 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 man Christ Jesus, uh, the man Jesus, and and they felt like uh, he was sincere. He was genuine, he was real, he was honest, and although there, the, the thought was that he is trying to uh, usurp authority, although the thought was he is trying to uh, overthrow the Roman government or and get rid of the Sanhedrin because unfortunately Jesus spent a lot of his time talking about and chastising, if you will, correcting the Pharisees. He called them things like snakes and whited sepulchers and uh, shook his finger at them and uh, had not a whole lot of nice things to say about the Pharisees. And yet here were men that were uh, uh, supposedly doctors of the law, supposedly knowledgeable, sitting on the Sanhedrin. And when the whole trial, when that whole thing happened, something about Jesus 
that they recognized, <clears throat> wow, this guy must be real. And, you know, he, Nicodemus, had tried to, you know, question him. And how can you be born again once you're old? Can you enter into your mother's womb? And, and couldn't understand the process. Couldn't understand what was going on. But these two men, after the crucifixion, they asked. They, the Bible says, and I read the scripture Wednesday night. The Bible says that they went to Pilate and begged for the body of Jesus. Now, it was not uncommon that when someone was crucified, when someone uh, went through that kind of death, that they were to be made a spectacle of. They were to be mocked. They were to be laughed at. They were to, you were supposed to leave them on those crucifixion poles uh, until uh, it was actually way past uh, ripe. And uh, let the fowls of the air have a dinner and it didn't matter. That was not uncommon to simply let those bodies be further abused by the weather, the sun, the ruins, and then possibly if their family or someone was wealthy enough to bribe someone, to get someone's permission, they could take them down. Well, Joseph of Arimathea had that kind of love for the body, for the body of Jesus. I don't believe, I, I don't have any record in the Bible that Joseph of Arimathea believed there could be a resurrection of Jesus. We don't have any record that Nicodemus thought, okay, I want to get him down, get him in a tomb because in three days he's coming out. But yet they went and they anointed, the Bible says they let down the body, took down the body, and then they anointed it with uh, spices and put it probably in Joseph's own personal tomb that he had that was hewn in the rock. And of course, lo, lo and behold, in three days uh, was resurrection Easter Sunday morning. And we talked about the power of the body and what all, all of these wonderful cards that were written to our family and to us and how we felt the strength and encouragement. And so the, the idea was, well, what can we do to give back to the body? And so in looking through the word of the Lord, it became, all right, well, how can we bring something sweet? And so uh, we actually decided we were going to give a little sachet and it's got lavender in it. I don't know if you're if you're allergic to lavender, you, you don't have to take one. But it's uh, it, it the the card says we love and appreciate you. Your support is like a sweet aroma to us all to us. And then it has this numbers blessing, number six twenty four through twenty uh, <coughs> through uh, the last verse through verse twenty six. 6, 24 through 26. If you've ever been here when we've done a baby dedication, you'll see that we read those verses over. And part of that 
and goes back to what we know is what we would call the Aaronic or uh, Levitical blessing that was given by the priest, high priest Aaron and his sons, and uh, it's done even today. They hold their hands up, and usually uh, some, some do it like this, some do it like this. As a matter of fact, uh, for those of you who are uh, Star Trek fans may know that uh, uh, Leonard Nimoy, Dr. Spock, was Jewish. And uh, this Vulcan sign, uh, a lot of people theorized, came from having seen the rabbi do the blessing over him and over uh, <coughs> that uh, that convocation of gatherers. So whether it's true or not, I don't know, but that's what uh, was often said. <coughs> and and I, as we, my wife and I began to talk and we looked and we talked to the family and seeing what all the family uh, could just, in, in just a few moments, we, we begin to recognize the problems and the situations and the things that have happened in the last year, year and a half, and individuals that have passed away. And I, and, and I started writing, actually my wife started writing some down, and I, I'm, I'm going to read some to you, only not, not to overwhelm you, not to depress you, but I, I want you to hear what the body has suffered, and yet there is an anointing, that a blessing that can come from Almighty God in the midst of the most horrible time. Little did they know they were doing something and in three days there was going to be a resurrection. And yet here it is, you know, for the last year and a half, of course, of COVID, and we don't know what's going to happen. You know, I read like you every day, and here could be another whole strain and a different strain, and will it work? But, you know, we, we've lost Michael Pettit and uh, Brother David Glover, Brother Phillips, Brother Chuck Ulrich, uh, David Mahler, Brother Greathouse, Sister Marilee, Sister Pat Rogers, Catherine Holcomb, Sister Denise's uh, sister, Dottie Goodwin, which is their grandmother, to Dottie Schertzinger and Jenny Alberry, and Bobby Seibel's aunt died, and I am sure I've left some out. And then when you stop and think in this year, Brother Stretton and Sister Phyllis McCoy and Sister Blanche Jackson and Brother Lou Anderson and Gilbert Escobar Sr. And so here we have all of those folks just in the last year and a half not counting all of those, and we mentioned several that are here today that have been sick. Brother Tim Galoni and Sister Vicki, Brother Tracy Keyes, Bill and Vicki Hitchcock and Richard and Vanita, Rich and Carolyn have gone through sickness. Bob and Sandy Keyes, which impacts, of course, Mike and Shauna and Tammy Lewis. And, of course, uh, Tracy's got all of his own illnesses and Bill and Violet Odie and, and Ken and Vicki Gastineau and Rob and Michelle had his episode with his health and heart. And Brother John and Barb Reagan and Brother Will White and Sister Linda and their, their sickness and uh, Diane and Carly Brown, Steve Wickline, Don and, and, and Valerie uh, Heisler, Richard Wells, Arnie and Carol Gatton, Don and Bit Predmore. Oh, hallelujah. The last year and a half, we've gone through a, a lot of beating. Huh? 
Craig and Teresa Britton, Sister Artista Clark, John and Jan Smith, remember her heart, Sister Susan Ninover and Ladissa. Craig and Teresa Britton, Doug and Sister Melissa Stoops and her kidney issues and Julie and David Black and he's still recovering and Kay Mills and Greg and her son and Rich and Jen Huey's dad got very sick, had to travel to Kansas. Aaliyah, good to have the post here, and been sick. Brother Mick, and Sister Grace Williams, Brother Collins. Hallelujah. I know those are just some that I begin to think of. We were talking, we've been praying and praying and praying and asking. You say, well, Lord, Pastor, what are you saying? That's not counting those that have family and other issues, the Gators family we've been praying for, Sister Liz Buller, Cole and Emily Collins, Justin and Lacey, and of course these that have had babies that, uh, you know, the Hancock family and their mom and dad and uh, that and Levi and Jen and Shane and Ann and Jared and Tabitha and Nick and Bree and, and uh, Kelsey Jackson. I, I go through it. I can go, oh, wow. Bam, 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 bam. What, do we, what can I do for you? Can I snap my fingers and say, okay, we can escape it all. No more problems. No more sickness. That's what heaven's going to be like. Amen. Not counting, Brother John. Jeez, I can go right down the list and go through every family, every, every family, every row. Good to have all of you here. The porters have been through it. I, I, it doesn't matter. I can go through. I can talk about, you know, uh, Sister Olive Broad and Sister, some of our shut-ins that have not been able to come back to the McCrary's. And I, you can go through all of these and I can mention them. And, I, and we have prayed for them and, and prayed Cheryl and, and uh, her mother. And, and I, I can go through and, and here it is. Every, every Every individual, Sister Pat Lane was away for a whole year, and you know, obviously Shannon and 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 her family and all of their issues and the pro. Every family's been attacked. So what can the priest do? <laughs> I say thank you. That's why we. They, they scooped up lavender till our whole kitchen to have a headache from smelling it. <laughs> they said, well, the kids, won't, well, they want something really sweet, so they, we got a little candy for them. Okay, we give you that. That's, you know, then, you know, you have those and I, the brushes and I, 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 know, I know I feel bad because I know I'm not, I'm not saying about 40 people. Oh, I skipped some in the list. I had my list. Where was the list? I, let me see. Oh, Lord. Sorry. I skipped some in the list. I had more in there in the list. That's what's happened. So what can we do? Well, then the idea was, well, we want to bless you. Please forgive me if you're on the list and I missed it. I, I'm sure 
we've prayed for you as a family and we've been praying this week and the idea was praying not only this week but we had corporate prayer and we uh, we pray and we carry the burden in fact somebody gave me a set of car keys I don't know if they came in Easter or before but there's been a set of car keys I, if you haven't been able to drive your car in several weeks unless you donated it for the building fund let me know I'll... so we're going to give you a blessing today and when we get ready to bless you we can move and those of you want to feel comfortable you can come through if you want to just stay where you are we're going to bless you we'll give you one of these the ushers will later but this numbers the sixth chapter says speak unto Aaron and to his son saying on this wise shall you bless the children of Israel saying unto them the Lord bless thee and keep thee I want to tell you something I wish I could bless everyone that was here today I wish I could heal all those that are sick. I wish I could heal the grief. And I know we've had individuals that have gone through all kinds of things. I wish I could be the doctor that would say, boom, this one's done. This one's done. This family problem's done. This issue's done. I don't have the ability to do that. But I want to tell you something. God is still able to bless each and every individual that is here. And a blessing from God makes rich and it does not increase sorrow. Hallelujah. And he says, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. And when you begin to break that down and you look at Numbers, the sixth chapter, actually the whole chapter is, is right before this Numbers blessing, this Levitical blessing, is about a Nazarite vow. It's about when you make a vow to God, you've got to keep it. And the importance of keeping your vow. And then he said, speak unto Aaron and his sons, saying on this wise shall you bless the children of Israel, saying unto thee, the Lord bless you. The Lord spoke this to Moses to tell Aaron, to tell the people, I will bless you. And I want you to understand, and I know when, you, when you're being hammered and when you're going through it and you've had a bad report and whatever, it sometimes can feel like there's no bottom and you don't know which way you're going to go and you don't understand what's going to happen to you. But I'm here to tell you, the Lord knows where we are and the Lord is able to bless you. The Lord is able to bless you. And my job is to tell you and remind you again and again, the Lord bless you. Because one blessing from God is worth more than everything else that you can accomplish on earth. One blessing from God is worth more than anything else you can do. <laughs> you say, oh, you don't understand. I, 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 you know, in the midst of where I am, I feel overwhelmed. I know. But you have to hang on to this. 
the Lord bless you. Paul wrote to the church in the Philippians, but I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Ephroditus the things which were sent of you, an odor of sweet smell, of sacrifice, acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. I'm here to tell you that in the midst of wherever you are and whatever you're going through, hang on to something sweet and say, Lord, you're still able to supply my need. You're able to touch. You're able to do everything that I need. You say, but you don't know. I need this. I need healing and I need this and I need that and I need... You know what? The most important thing I need is a touch from a blessing from Almighty God. Once I get a blessing from God, everything else pales in comparison. I quoted a while ago Proverbs 10, 22, the blessings of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow. But that one verse, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. <laughs> the next part of it, is keep thee. Not only does the Lord bless us, but guess what? It may feel like you've been left alone and you're having to fend for yourself and figure out, well, do I get this? Do I get that? Do I take that? Do I, what do I do? You may feel like you're in a whirlwind, but I'm here to tell you, you have not lost the keeping power of Almighty God. He is still the great shepherd. Oh, Paul told this church. And why? I guess why I wanted to write these verses from Philippians. And there are a lot of them that I could put down. But I felt like, you know, Paul wrote this from prison, folks. And so here he is in jail. And he says, I thank my God upon remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine for you. And making requests with joy for your fellowship and the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this very thing. That he which begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Lord, you are able to keep that which I've committed unto you. You're able to take me from here to the glory world. He said, even as it is meet for me to think of this of all of you, because I have you in my heart. He later told them Hebrews let your conversation be without covetousness well I wish I didn't have to go through it and I wish we didn't I wish no I wish praying nobody had problems I wish you know I you covet I covet well I Lord I don't want I you know, I want to pastor a church where nobody gets sick. I want to pastor a church where nobody has to die. Where I don't have to preach any funerals. Where I don't have to have any family problems. Huh? That's what I want. Well, guess what? Not going to happen down here. This side of the glory world. And yet Paul said, Be content with such things as you have. Why? For he has said, I will never leave you. 
nor forsake you. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man can do to me. What are you saying? I am saying that you, whenever you're going through it, you have to remember the keeping power of Almighty God. You have to be able to say like David, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which comes my help. My help comes from the Lord which made heaven and earth. Oh, we read on in that Psalms 121. It's only eight verses. You ought to read the whole thing. He said, he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee is never asleep. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall not slumber or sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is your shade on the right hand. The sun won't smite you by day. The moon by night. You say, I'll go crazy. No, no. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. The Lord shall preserve your soul. Preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forevermore. What are you saying? The Lord bless thee and the Lord keep thee. And then the next verse he says, The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee. It's just, you know, having FaceTime. You know, they've got that setting on your phone. You can have FaceTime where you actually talk to somebody. That means you're almost in their presence. And we have folks online and they're almost here. They're able to look at you face to face. It's one thing to get a text. It's one thing. That's why he said, you know, if just two or three gather together in my name... You can, with your husband or wife, or just there at home, gather with your family. And in the moment you begin to exalt, praise, and magnify Him, feel the presence of Almighty God as it enters in the room. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in the midst of them. Then in the 28th chapter, Jesus spoke unto them and saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore, baptizing all nations in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And then he ends that by saying, and lo, I am with you. Even until the end of the world. Isaiah recorded it like this. When you pass through the waters. When you go through the rivers. When you go through the fire. It's not going to over, overtake you. In the midst of all of that. So he says the Lord make his face to shine upon you. That's like smiling. The next part of that verse says and be gracious unto thee. You can read in Ephesians, the second chapter, even when we were dead in sins, hath he quickened us together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. What are you saying? I am here to tell you that in the midst of being overwhelmed you can still feel the grace 
of Almighty God. Just to know one day you loved me enough. One day you died for me on Calvary. Oh, how he loves us. For God so loved the world. Oh, how he loves us. Then it says, I want him to lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. That, that sense of lifting up his countenance. That means like smiling, lifting up his countenance. Oh, where he says, you know, Jesus himself said, who should you fear? Those that can kill you and cast you into hell? I, I, that's not who you should fear. Don't fear him. And then he goes through and tells about sparrows and one sparrow and five sparrows for two farthings and two sparrows for one farthing and they throw in an extra sparrow. And he said, not one of those sparrows is forgotten of God. If I don't forget those sparrows... Guess what? Yeah, I went through and made a list and I can't even read my list. But I'm going to tell you, God didn't. He knows everything you've been through in the last year and a half. In fact, he know how, knows how many hair you had a year and a half ago and how many you got now. That's how meticulous he is. That's the blessing that I want you to understand. That fear not, therefore, we are more valuable than sparrows. Don't ever get to let the devil convince you that God has forgotten you, forgotten us, forgotten the church, forgotten the body. I want to tell you, the Lord knows exactly where you are and what you're going through. He is able to lift up his countenance upon you. And the next part of that is give you peace. As he said, and, and when he talked about the comforter, he said, these things I have spoken unto you, yet be present with you but I can't I'm here now but the comforter which is the Holy Ghost you would, I, whom the Father will send in my name he's going to teach you all things bring all things to your remembrance whatever I've said unto you then he said these words peace I leave with you my peace I give unto you not as the world giveth give I unto you let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid he told him in another place in the 16th chapter, these things I have spoken unto you that you might have peace. In the world, you're going to have what? You're going to have problems. You say, oh, well once we get the pandemic solved, I won't have any more problems. Once we get that solved, once we get, yeah, in the world, you're going to have problems. But I have come, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Great peace have they that love thy law. And what? We are living in an hour of so easy to be offended. So easy to be offended. Drive down the street. Wave. Somebody in the store, I'm offended you didn't wear a mask. I'm offended you did have a mask. I'm offended what kind of mask? You didn't put it over your nose. I'm offended. We're in an hour in which, and you say, well, pastor, aren't you concerned? Sure. And I'm not, I'm not being critical. I'm just telling you the spirit of the hour. Yes. Where we are. Not just 
in Newark, but in the world. And you know, what are we going to do to solve this problem? Well, what are we going to do to solve that problem? Well, we'll send money to, you know, and therefore, you know, money will solve the problem. I want to tell you something. All the money in the world is not going to solve a lot of these issues. It's overwhelming. It says, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. My last slide, and we're going to stand. I want my family to come. My wife's going to say something. We're going to pray. Few, and we're going to have you stand. The last thing that he said, and they shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. I want to tell you something. The Lord identified two things that are important to being in a relationship was that you have the name. That's why we get buried in Jesus' name because the name involves relationship, power, authority, property, love. What do you mean by love? Well, I love this lady. I said, I want you to take my name. The name involves that. Property, stuff, let my name be named on them. What a privilege. And I want this church to understand we are blessed because we know the name yes. that is above yes. every name. It's a time we used to have bumper stickers, people of the name. You know, wasn't trying to be attacking, look, we got the name, you don't. It's just that the name was very important. Because you have that name, all of a sudden means that you're an heir. All of a sudden means that, you know, whether you like it or not or agree with it or not, all of a sudden, Harry, because of the name Windsor, Montblanc, Montbatten, whatever, he was able to go in and get a loan for several million dollars. <laughs> I remember reading a joke many years ago when, when his brother, what's his brother's name? William. The Bible says, how does an unemployed man who's never had a job and served in the military a couple years walk into the most expensive jeweler in London and order the most expensive ring and he has no means of credit. He's never worked a job. He said, well, if you can figure it out, you're as good as Prince William. Well, but we know, Pastor, that's a stupid joke. He's part of the family. The firm. I want you to understand something. This blessing and what we're trying to do is to say, God, I, I want our church, I want our people to remember we are blessed. We have the name. We are blessed. We are.